Hey everyone, I'm Gary Hoban and welcome to Refinery Life Australia. I'm the Senior Pastor and Lead Elder of Refinery Life Church Australia on the beautiful Gold Coast. If you're on the Gold Coast at any time, come and join us as we meet together and share the word of our Lord. We meet at 9.30 on Sundays at 222 Turpin Road, Labrador. For more details, you can visit our website, which is www.refinerylife.org. We hope you enjoy this message and that you really get a touch from God today. Today, we're continuing our study of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. As we said before, it's important to remember that a positive response on our part as believers to the gift of the the Holy Spirit is absolutely essential if we are to truly be God's people. And today we're discussing the gift of tongues. This is part two. We started last week and it's a big topic and it can be quite confusing and we were getting right right into it. So this is part two. And the, the text we're concentrating on is 1 Corinthians 12.10. It says, To another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, and to another various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. And the scripture we're working through is 1 Corinthians 14, 1 to 28. I think we should read it today. It talks about prophecy and tongues. Starting in verse 1, it says, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and the encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds himself up, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets, so that the church may be built up. Notice here it's talking about building the church up, not each other and not certainly not yourself verse 6 now brothers if i come to you speaking in tongues how will i benefit you unless i bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or teaching verse 7 if even lifeless instruments such as the flute or the harp do not give distinct notes how will anyone know what is played and if the bugle gives an indistinct sound who will be ready for battle So with yourselves, if with your tongue you utter speech that is not intelligible, how will anyone know what is said? For you will be speaking into the air. There are doubtless many different languages in the world, and none is without meaning. Verse 11. But if I do not know the meaning of the language, I will be a foreigner to the speaker, and the speaker a foreigner to me. So with yourselves, since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. Therefore, one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. Verse 16, how otherwise 
if you give thanks with your spirit, how can anyone in the position of an out, as an outsider say amen to your thanksgiving when he does not know what you are saying? For you may be giving thanks well enough, but the other person is not being built up. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Nevertheless, in church I would rather speak five words with my mind in order to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Verse 20. Brothers, do not be children in your thinking. Be infants in evil, but in your thinking be mature. In the law it is written, By people of strange tongues and by the lips of foreigners will I speak to this people. And even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. Thus tongues are a sign not for believers but for unbelievers, while prophecy is a sign not for unbelievers but for believers. If therefore the whole church comes together and all speak in tongues, and outsiders or unbelievers enter, they will not sorry, will they not say that you are out of your minds? But if all prophesy and an unbeliever or outsider enters, he is convicted by all and he is called to account by all. Verse 25, the secrets of his heart are disclosed, and so falling on his face, he will worship God and declare that God is really among you. And then it talks about orderly worship, because you know what? We actually worship a God of order. Our God's not a messy God. Verse 26, what then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation? Let all things be done for building up. If any speak in a tongue, let there be only two or three at most, and each in turn, and let someone interpret. But if there is no one to interpret, let each of them keep silent in church and speak to himself to God. Wow. Studying the gift of tongues is both fascinating and challenging. It's challenging because of what we've been led to believe over the years. The conclusions we come to are exciting, but they're soul-searching. Believers must consider the subject humbly and with a receptive heart and mind. Paul gives specific instructions for the use of tongues in 1 Corinthians 14. When considered a mark of divine approval, speaking in tongues may arouse jealousy among church members. So those of us who have said in the past, you're not really a believer unless you speak in tongues, you're considering it a mark of divine approval. And that can arouse jealousy amongst church members. And some who have this gift may be tempted to develop that pious attitude and consider those who don't exercise the gift as less spiritual, resulting in confusion and disorder within the church. That's not building the church up. When considered a mark of divine approval, speaking in tongues may result in a self-display rather than edification of the church. Communication is essential in worship services. If we are to build others up, they must be able to understand what we're saying. As Paul explained in 1 Corinthians 14.2, For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God, for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. And 1 Corinthians 14.4-5 says, The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. 
Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets, so that the church may be built up. For believers to be edified, there is little room for self-importance. And when considered a mark of divine approval, speaking in tongues may have an adverse effect on the outside community. Non-Christians should benefit from worship. And when we say worship, we're not talking about music because worship is not the music that we listen to. Worship is obedience to what God has for us. 1 Corinthians 14, 22-25 says, Thus tongues are a sign not for believers but for unbelievers. While prophecy is a signal or a sign for unbelievers but not for the believers. If therefore a whole church comes together and all speak in tongues and outsiders or unbelievers enter, will they not say that you're all out of your minds? <coughs> but if all prophesy and unbeliever or outsider enters, he is convicted by all and he is called to account by all. The secrets of his heart are disclosed and so falling on his face, he will worship God and declare that God is really among you. When considered as a mark of divine approval, speaking in tongues carries some limitations as well. Let's look at what it said. No more than two or three people should speak in tongues at the same time. No one should speak aloud unless an interpreter is available, according to Paul. I can, I can tell you that over the years, I have not seen too many interpreters, maybe two or three at most. And one of them, I'm almost positive, wasn't interpreting the word. He was saying what he was thinking. History records some interesting observations of the gift of speaking in tongues. First one is speaking in tongues is a valid experience in the lives of some. Others should be careful to avoid negative remarks in regards to these experiences. Some people, this is vitally important. Speaking in tongues is a valid both emotionally and psychologically and that's beneficial. And different people have different experiences, but no one is ever to disrupt the unity of the church. Our church members will know that I, I've had to ask someone to leave recently over the last couple of months because they were just continually disrupted unity within the church. And we can't allow that. The second thing is subjective experience alone is not adequate concerning this gift. Obviously, a feeling of well-being alone is, is not sufficient to declare any event valid. If you're doing it to make yourself feel good, that's not what it's about. And our feelings are fickle. Experiences must be objective as well as subjective. The third thing is negative and positive results have been observed in the use of the gift of tongues. Dependence on a charismatic leader rather than Jesus Christ is dangerous. We see it everywhere, especially here on the Gold Coast. There's charismatic leaders who they, they have enough biblical doctrine to sound right, but often they're not. We can't depend on a charismatic leader in Jesus' place because that is dangerous. God does not give direction in a magical way, but a rational way. Think about that for a minute. God does not give direction in a magical way, but in a rational way. 
And often the usage of the gift alienates rather than unites. That's not what the gifts of the Spirit are for. As we finish up today, the criteria that determines the validity of speaking in tongues is whether it is building up the church or not. Another way to evaluate the use of tongues is to discover what the fruits of such experiences are. And we can look at Galatians 5, and 23 to see that. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So in conclusion, my research on the gift of tongues has convinced me that it can be a learned behavior which can bring a sense of power and well-being. It may also lead to excesses that results in community disruption. It is the use of tongues which determines whether or not it is constructive. So it's how it's being used. Micah said that true religion was to do justice, love kindness, and to walk humbly with God. If the practice of speaking in tongues produces these fruits, then it looks to me to be a responsible use of the experience. I encourage you, do some study into the gifts that you're seeking. And I really want to encourage you to be diligent with your Bible study time because God has so much more for us that we can get than just going to church once or twice a week and listening to someone else speak about the word. When you spend time with God, I can assure you, your life will change in amazing ways because God is a redeemer and there's nothing that's too hard for him. He wants to make you whole, spirit, soul and body. And you know you're important to God, but you're also important to us at the refinery. When it comes to prayer, we believe that God wants to meet your needs and reveal his promises to you. You don't need a prophet to come along and say he's got a word for you or she's got a word for you. God wants to reveal his promises to you directly. So whatever you're concerned about, whatever you need prayer for, we want to be here for you. Even if you just want to say hi, you can contact us on our website, which is www.refinerylife.org or via any of our social media channels. Until next time, stay in the blessings. Mm -hmm.